Hello, everybody, and welcome to the TeacherCast Educational Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury. Thank you so much for joining us today and making TeacherCast your home for professional development. This is TeacherCast Podcast, episode number 182. Today, we're going to be talking all about micro-credentials and how you can set up a system of professional development that not only succeeds your teachers, but also succeeds your students as well. We have a fantastic guest today from a great company called Teaching Matters. But before we get into the meat of our podcast today, I want to remind you that there are some great things happening this month on TeacherCast. Of course, we have our Ask the Tech Coach podcast that is going strong. We want to know if you're a tech coach out there. We are starting up our very own Ask the Tech Coach Mastermind we would like to have you guys come and join us and join this very, very exclusive group. You can go over to teachercast.net slash Ask the Tech Coach Mastermind to sign up today to learn more about how you can join our Ask the Tech Coach Mastermind. I want to bring on today Lynette Guestafaro, the CEO of Teaching Matters. Lynette, how are you today? Welcome to the show. I'm great, Jeff. Thank you for having me. It is so nice to have you. It is so nice to see the great work that you are doing. Your mission is to develop and retain great teachers and measurably increase their ability to give students in urban public schools an excellent education. Lynette, I love that mission. Tell us a little bit about Teaching Matters. So Teaching Matters was founded over 20, about 25 years ago um, with this, again, with the specific mission of ensuring that kids in underserved communities had access, had equitable access to great teaching. And you know, as we all know, this, those communities, our communities face a lot of challenges in, in essentially both attracting and retaining experienced teachers. It's, there's a lot of um, reasons why the work can be more challenging. Um, it's also difficult sometimes for them to, to bring in people who are very experienced. They tend to get new teachers who are learning, you know, on, you know, we say that kid, a lot of times in high needs neighborhoods, teachers are kind of learning on those kids and then often they end up moving to other areas when they've mastered their, where their skills. So we are designed to kind of close that equity gap, the equitable access to great teaching. Every teacher knows that the quality of the teaching is really the thing that makes a difference in kids' education. And so, the, you know, that's our mission is to make sure that, that schools are set up to really address that, to, to set that set that up system up well. We don't also, one thing I just want to point out is we don't have the view that, you know, you provide kids great education just by thinking about teachers as sort of individual widgets, like one's good, one's bad. We believe that it's a school that really, really sets teachers up to collaborate and learn together effectively and really values teacher learning. Those are the schools where teachers stay. You know, they, they may have some more challenges than the next guy, but they really love their work. Now, I love that you just mentioned the idea of teachers collaborating effectively. Why is that important? Well, especially, I mean, it's important in any um, in any industry, not just teaching, it really, really matters that people are working together to problem solve and um, and solution seek together. That's just the standard in how people work in, in all fields. Teachers, as you know, have often been isolated and separated and they've put in the classroom uh, to work separately. So the idea of having real structures where teachers can work together, you know, so that it's not, you know, my kids, but it's our kids. And we have, you know, and we have our teaching approaches in this school and, you know, our data and our, you know, uh, you know, goals that the difference between schools that are successful and really moving the needle for kids in high need schools and the ones that are not are ones where the culture has made that shift. And we know it. 
But it's so difficult, right? Like the, the one thing that is extremely hard to change in any school district is culture. Yes, 100%. It starts with the leadership. So as long as we have a principal in our view that where there's a will, and a, then when we're partnering with that school, then we're working with that principal to, to identify and to bring together the teachers that are really, really excited about working together. And that's how you start to shift the culture. And um, you set those pr- teachers up for success. We, 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 we work with them to put in the structures so teachers can collaborate and learn together, look at data together. They have systems for really understanding the work, sharing practice, look visiting each other's classrooms. All of that is, is critical to shifting culture. You know, I, I love the topic here and I love what you guys do because, you know, as an instructional technology coach, it's our job to go in and basically do these kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Assess a school district, look at a school district, try to figure out how to move the needle, working with administrators, trying to migrate culture from where it is to where it goes. How do you guys define success? When we're partnering with the school, so we have a, a couple of key areas that we support schools. So I'll just give you an example of how we define success in reading. So we have a, a program designed to ensure that every child in kindergarten, first and second grade in a high need school has access to a teacher that has a you know similar understanding of what the best research-based reading practices are. Whether that teacher landed on this, you know, kind of landed as a new teacher that year or is more experienced, that there's really a coherent approach across the building. So how do we define success? In this particular program, we define success as we see uh, moving the needle on kids' reading outcomes in the in the early years. We define success that there are leaders at a, at each grade level that are in a position to support other teachers, um, and that and that there are sets of practices which are are clearly defined. When we talk about micro credentials, we're talking about really being crystal clear about what the what are the key skills and competencies in a particular domain, whether that's coaching, whether that's teaching reading, we can get really clear about what good looks like. And then we can um, set up teachers to learn to demonstrate to submit evidence of mastering those um, those skills. To, and, and in our view, you can do this on your own, but it's more powerful if you're working together to really um, get feedback around that practice you know, with, from other teachers. But what is that evidence of mastery? Is it a, a test? Is it just looking oh, at the lessons that come so, out of the classroom? Yeah, it, so it depends. So, so what we're, when I'm talking about students, we're obviously talking about um, kids moving up in reading levels. But with the teachers, what's evidence of success? So we will define a, what we call you know, high leverage, um, you know, competency or skill. And that evidence of success will have, it'll, there's a rubric. There's in a set of, 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 of behaviors of what good looks like. And the evidence could be a video of the work. The evidence could be, um, you know, artifacts of work of a plan that the teachers put together. It could be, the evidence could also be examples of student work where, where it, it honestly, the evidence has to be, um, aligned to what the skill is. So we look at sometimes the best thing to show a skill is to show video. Sometimes the best way to show a skill is to show the planning behind the teaching. So it really depends. Um, and with a micro with micro credentials, you, you're defining the competencies that matter, and you're making really transparent for the teachers what what is it that that uh, how are they going to show evidence of success and what good looks like well let's let's back up here because you're, you're we're using this term micro credentials many people might not have understood or might not have heard this term um in, in layman's terms here what is a micro credential so micro credential um so w- what i like to talk about is 
competency-based, we call substance, competency-based professional learning, which means instead of going to a workshop or some, you know, you can go to a pro- professional learning where someone from on high says, here, this is, this is, you know, how to do this. And then you may or may not ever take it back to your classroom. What a micro-credential does is it kind of flips the script or flips, it flips uh, the, the focus of professional learning, not on what somebody taught you, but on what you actually were able to accomplish and transfer back to your school. And so what a micro-credential does is says, look, if, if this particular skill is or, or, or competency is happening, if, it, if it's happening successfully, this is what evidence of success will look like, and this is how we, you'll submit it. Now, the key is, is it's not just about measuring people. The, the, our model is a coaching model. So it's just as important around like the conversation around what good looks like and feedback into that evidence. And that's the key. We have, what we do is we partner with the school, with the, with, with teachers. And so when, let's say they've got a video of, of they've demonstrated, you know, leading a meeting with respect to, you know, I don't know, identifying a core challenge in, in, in some work that, and the, the, the skill is to really uh, facilitate that meeting. The, the work, the coaching, the thing that our teachers really value the most is the feedback into their real work. So it's not some homework assignment, like go do this thing that really actually you'll never do again. It's like, here's a skill that you really need. You use it all the time. Uh, and what you're going to get is feedback into something that you're actually doing and not just in a vacuum, in your work. And so you end up, you know, really getting feedback into your practice. Then that's, that is what teachers say over and over again is really, really valuable. So, when you work with the school district, how do you start this process? Uh, you, clearly, you don't just walk in on day one and say, we're doing badging. How, how do you start yeah. the conversation? How do you, what's the right word? How do you break it to the teachers that they're now being gamified and they've now got a point system and all of these different things that you guys have put together here? How do you start that conversation? So we've never worked in a model that wasn't an opt-in model for teachers. We feel very strongly that this is a model. So, so, so this can be with the district. We're also working with Tennessee and Arkansas, who have laid out uh, kind of a comp. This is a micro-credentialing model where teachers can demonstrate their skills in, in teacher leadership. And these are sets of ways, sets of moves that are key to leading other teachers. And they're fairly well defined. And there's there's models of, of what good looks like and so on. So how do the teachers come to this? At the state level, districts are first invited to participate. And at the district level, those teachers are invited again to participate. And we think this is very important, that this is an op, kind of an opt-in approach. Um, so in in one district we're working in, it was Long Island, what they decided was that the, they have what's called a pathway. So in order to become a teacher leader in that district, you have to demonstrate a set of key skills and moves prior to moving into the role. And and if you can demonstrate those successfully over the course of a period of time with feedback, then you can move into the role. You can get a, potentially a pay bump. Um, but the point is, is you're going to get into that role not based on who you know or some you know fancy lesson plan that you that you wrote. It's basically can you do these things? And what teachers tell us is, for one it makes it really clear that everybody else, like what are the skills of the role that people, you know, so, so it makes it really clear, like what can I do 
that uh, that is positioned me to to lead, right? And and so 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 sometimes you'll find teachers who are newer in the in the in the profession, and people are like, well, why do you have this leadership role? Because they were successful in actually demonstrating these skills at a high level, and so it takes away issues of you know age or you know questions about it takes away all the other ways in which people sometimes get promoted into roles. It's can you demonstrate these skills or not? When you're looking at this program and you're talking to a school district and saying this works for you, I'm going to keep asking the same question here because we we talk about this a lot in in the coaching world. Like, What defines success? If I have 400 micro-credentials, does that make me a better teacher or does that make me somebody who followed the directions and now I'm showing this assignment? So give me the cookie. What, What is actually showing that I'm a better instructor and making out those better kids? So what it, what it's showing is that that you it is demonstrate well so let me just to backtrack we have two levels of skills in our model one are skills that the teacher is demonstrating this is for teacher leaders right there's a set of competencies on our website if you go to teachingmatters.org we have a, a set of competencies that are aligned to the national model standards for teacher leadership so this is not us making it up these are these are the some competencies which have been identified as as mattering in the work we've also kind of collaborated with in new york with the union particularly about what are some of the what we call the gap skills like sometimes people go into these roles but what do they struggle with and we've identified some of those and said look before you move into the role you have to demonstrate these because this is a place we know sometimes people have a challenge so so then how do um your question was one is you're demonstrating that you have that skill. There's a second we call kind of a, it's like a mastery level where it's not just what you can do. It's what can teachers do that were coached by you? Like what is an ex- can, evidence of how teachers have relationships with their practice it's of kids having seen higher outcomes? So, so in in uh, in we have one you know sort of model which is it's really data analyst. You're able to lead teams of teachers. There's all sorts of skills that you will demonstrate. But in the end, were you able to take a group of teachers through looking at a problem that kids had and show by the end that kids you move the needle on kids' performance in that particular challenge area? That's the evidence. I, I, I love it because there's so many you know tech coaches out there that are starting out that are just trying to figure out how to make their school districts run. And you know when we're looking at these things here, is it, is it the cookie or is it the kids getting better that's important to the teachers? Uh, what, what is the defining motivation that you find for let's start with staff members because they're the, they're the ones that are really into the microscope. The teachers, right? like why would teachers so we've actually we have a blog that's coming out um, with I don't know if you know digital promise has been leading in the ecosystem on micro credentialing and we just have a blog that's that where we've got teachers talking about the value of micro credentials uh, to them. And one of the main things that they spoke to was the the value is getting really specific about what good looks like. So you can have like these generic, you know, like here's something you need to be able to do. And, but having feedback into really specific moves and how, and that's, that is really, really soon. And because this, this is how they feel like they've advanced their learning. And again, the thing they say is it's not like a homework assignment where I'm doing this thing and I'm jumping through a hoop and I'm completing a paper the way you said, we're very careful to design these competencies. So you're applying them to your real work. You must submit authentic work of your practice in order 
to, um, to do this. It cannot be something that's done. It's designed so that you just can't do it in a vacuum and sort of do some kind of fake homework assignment. You have to be applying these skills to your teaching and to your leadership and showing evidence. And if you do it that way, you're, then you're getting feedback into your real work. So this is not like an extra. It's just like helping you do your job. We're here today talking to Lynette Guestafaro, CEO of Teaching Matters, and we're talking all about micro-credentials and how to really move that bar forward. Lynette, where can people go to find out more information about what exactly the work that you guys are doing at Teaching Matters? So uh, to, at teachingmatters.org, our website, uh, you can see some of our core programs. This particular work with micro-credentials, it comes under the heading of uh, Teacher Leadership Matters. So there's a program and you can take a look. And, um, and you know, you, also you can contact us and we'll send you any information that, that you, you're interested in. Now, you had mentioned that you work primarily in New York, but you're also branching out to other states. What happens if someone's listening to this podcast and wants to reach out and either get some help from you guys or to bring you guys in for maybe a good conversation or two? Is that a possibility? Absolutely. We have, um, we've had a number of states that are, are putting in place teacher, these kind of teacher leader roles, and they're thinking about ways to move, how do people move into those roles and demonstrate their, on their practice? So Arkansas and Tennessee are two states that have taken the lead. These are, we call it the double innovation, right? Teacher leadership is actually an innovation in how schools are, are leading in the work. And micro-credentialing and competent, this is also an innovation. So we've got these two cool states who have been, basically we call it, they're doing a double innovation. They're not only moving to position teachers as leaders in the work, but then they're positioning um, that they are saying that it doesn't matter what we teach you. It matters what you've actually done and transferred back to your classroom. And that's when we're going to recognize your talents and skills. You know, I noticed earlier that you mentioned that this is an opt-in program. And, and for many tech coaches out there, you know, working together and, and, you know, buying into this concept of technology integration, which is, I still think, a, an older term at this point. Right. It is voluntary. So with leadership at the front how do you encourage teachers maybe the answer is micro credentials i don't know let me let me figure this one out here but how do you get 90 percent buy-in from the staff without necessarily hanging the cookie in front of them so i think that why are people buying into this because teachers are interested in these frankly teachers are interested in teacher leader roles they and they and they want so let me, so interestingly we had and I, i'm not going to name the system just to you know to protect their privacy but they were having a huge challenge because they were working with really high need schools of getting teachers to step up and take that leadership role in those schools. For all, and you can imagine why, right? These were struggling and kind of stressed out schools. And what happened when we when we put this program in, we were like, here are the sets of the skills that matter. You're going to get support through demonstrating these. And those of you that are able to get to move into the role. So only 60% of the teachers actually were able to demonstrate mastery. All of the teachers got support in the skill in the skills, and we had a huge increase in the number of teacher leaders in roles in those schools. So why is that? Why may, we we actually set the bar higher in terms of getting the role than it was before? But it was really supported. It was really clear what the role was. It was really clear skills that they needed, and 
And and suddenly we had a lot more people interested in it because they felt supported in learning the things that they needed to move into the role. And I think, you know, a lot of times people need a need kind of a pathway. You, you, you Somebody's going to move into this kind of new area, like becoming a technology coordinator. In the old days, like, was that defined in any way, shape or form? But what if you had like a real fellowship or a model around? Like, here's, here's, you can't teach everybody everything they need to know. But there are some critical moves that you know, look, at this job, there are some things that we might as well, that people should be able to do before they get into it or it should be demonstrated. It's not going to teach you everything you need to know, but let's get really clear about how to do this job well. Every other profession besides education, if you think about how you train to be a surgeon, there are specific skills and competencies that you have to master before you're allowed to operate on a patient on your own. And teaching is no less difficult. In fact, I would argue it's harder in many, many ways. I, I couldn't agree more. I'm sitting here reflecting on everything that we talk about on our Ask the Tech Coach podcast here. And, you know, it's it's amazing how how easy it is to, to move that needle just a little bit, but also how difficult it is to even move it just just even the slightest a bit. Because as you said earlier, it is about the culture. It's about creating that sense. It's also, I find that it's a sense of creating a you know, it's okay to be vulnerable, right? Nobody wants to come to a tech coach and say, I don't know how to do this, let alone take a test that right there shows them that they don't know how to do these things. And and that that's one of the keys. So one of our value systems is that we don't just assess, there's a coaching and feedback approach. And we encourage, so, so we provide the coaching and feedback into the competencies, but we're also supporting systems to then, once people have demonstrated mastery of it, they can be the coaches and provide feedback into the competency so they can lead on it. But the key is you are, you know, you're learning the thing, you're submitting evidence of it, you're getting feedback into it. It's not, you're not expected to be perfect at this the first time. If you are, why bother? The whole point is to get better and to really get clear on what good looks like and have someone who's mastered that skill give you feedback into that skill. I'm so glad you mentioned that because, you know, like with with me, my my school district just moved into a one-to-one program in the high school. One of the PD courses that I do, you know, we start off with this Mythbusters kind of thing of, you know, are we expecting you to be hitting home runs tomorrow? No, like it's okay. You can you can take that baby step. You can hit a single. You don't have to go for the triple in the first week of school on a one to one program. Sometimes simply turning on the Chromebook is is important, and just getting that first little taste of okay, what is this? And then the second thing we always say is you know, one to one does not mean one hundred percent digital. It's okay to do something with paper, pencil, crayons, and markers in a one-to-one environment. It's okay to be those things. And we encourage all that stuff. The idea is though, we have these digital skills. We want to be moving forward. Lynette, where can people go to get a hold of you and learn more about this great this great system? So come, to, uh, come visit our website. It's www.teachingmatters.org. Um, and you can, you know, if you, if there's ways to contact us on our, on our website and we're actually happy to have a conversation about it. We're, what we're looking for our school systems that are really interested in innovating around how teachers learn and, and make this shift. And so there's lots of opportunities right now to have those. We're looking for kind of districts that want to, you know, just kind of take the lead and try this out. We're also looking for states. And like I said, Tennessee and Arkansas. I don't know if people would think, think as the, those as the first places for innovation. Tennessee is doing some really phenomenal in equity in competency-based learning and teacher leadership. They're really leading. And so we're looking for states too that want to try, you know, try 
try to flip the, the, the script a little bit on professional learning. I highly recommend you guys check out their website, teachingmatters.org. Reach out to Lynette. Start a conversation today. That's how you start to move the needle. But you can't do it without that initial Without that initial conversation, right? Bringing in the stakeholders, as you said earlier, collaboration, cooperation. These are the ways that we start to move the culture in the school district. Lynette, I want to say thank you so much for your time today. I have a ton more questions that, uh, I don't know, maybe we can get you and your team on another podcast sometime soon. Absolutely, Jeff. I appreciate uh, the opportunity to talk about this work. Guys, if you have any questions for Lynette, please reach out to them over at teachingmatters.org. You can, of course, reach out to us here on Twitter at TeacherCast. Leave us a voice message over at teachercast.net slash voicemail. And, of course, you can always email your questions over here at feedback at teachercast.net. We want to know how you're starting off the school year. If you're a tech coach, you've got to check out our Ask the Tech Coach podcast over at askthetechcoach.com. We are doing now a weekly show. It releases every Tuesday, and we are basically chronologically going through the life of a tech coach. We just released our roundtable show, basically going through the entire first month from what did your first day look like? How did your administrator introduce you? How do you meet your teachers? What do you do in those first couple weeks to set yourself up for success? I don't know. Maybe you guys can think about doing micro-credentials and we could have you guys on a show with Lynette and her team there. We want to know what you guys are up to. And don't forget, we have our Ask the Tech Coach Mastermind starting in October, where you can go to teachercast.net slash Ask the Tech Coach Mastermind. That's teachercast.net slash Ask the Tech Coach Mastermind. We hope you have enjoyed this show. And again, thank you so much for making TeacherCast your home for professional development. And until next time, my name is Jeff Bradbury, reminding you to keep up the great work in your classroom and continue sharing your passions with your students. <laughs>